It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I'm wearing black today. Feels like a funeral. Gophers lose. Vikings lose. Vikings lost even bigger. Justin Jefferson, what is going on with the Minnesota Vikings right now? It just seems like all is lost. Uh, Woke up to Twitter just being an absolute funeral. But we'll talk about Justin Jefferson, what's next for the Vikings, and can the Vikings trade Kirk Cousins? Tom Pelissero is going to join us in the Hanging Around Johnson segment. That's the NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. He has some nuggets to drop on us. So we'll do that next, coming up on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcasts. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I want to thank everybody for watching on YouTube, those watching on Amazon uh, and Roku, whatever your device is. We appreciate you watching or downloading. And those listening on the podcast, thanks for joining as well. Partner of Locked On Sports and Tegna. Again, I'm Ron Johnson. This is the Ron Johnson Show. My producer for the day is Sam Ekstrom. He's going to be joining me in a minute. But I want everybody to know, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. That's 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Well, as I bring my producer to the show, Sam Ekstrom, oh, man, we got to talk about Justin Jefferson and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, all is not lost, though. Tom Pellicero is going to join me in the Hanging Around Johnson segment. The first question I ask him is, is the season over? He's going to give us his thoughts coming up next. But here's where I go, Sam. I kind of feel like it is. I'm not going to lie. I do. I feel like a little bit of the season is over. Just a little bit. This is why. The Minnesota Vikings have four games, possibly, with Justin Jefferson gone. Um, hamstrings, soft tissue injuries. We saw Cooper Cup and his nerve uh, leg injury. He's back. Justin Jefferson in the hamstring. The problem with soft tissue is it's going to feel fine in a week. Like in one week, he'll feel fine. They're going to massage it. They're going to ice and stem it. Uh, He's going to be in the training room around the clock trying to get stem and ice and and doing different exercises. But the biggest thing is rest, getting the inflammation out, wearing a sleeve. Uh, In about two weeks, he'll start jogging around a little bit, maybe running on the treadmill a little bit. Uh, In about three weeks, he'll start to pick up the pace and see what that hamstring can do. He's going to feel fine. The problem is he's going to feel fine until he has to hit another year. Because soft tissue injuries, it it depends on how bad the strain was. Sometimes it's like, hey, he had a hamstring injury, he's out for a week. But the fact that now they're talking about possibly putting him on IR, because they're going to have an MRI, they're going to have a doctor look at it, he might have a second opinion look at it. Uh, maybe check the, the MRI out to see is like, is there an actual tear in the hamstring? Is there, you know, what is it? What's the degree of this injury? The fact that they're talking about minimum at least, or not minimum, sorry, at least four weeks leads me to leave as possible, possibly worse than we think. Here's the problem. When you're tired, when you're fatigued, 
and then you're pushing off of that turf that gives no give like grass does. That's a lot of strain on your legs, your calves, everything. And so the fact that we're seeing more Achilles injuries now, we're seeing more uh, calf pulls and strains, um, you know, there's something to this turf. And I know the Vikings, people talked about that because Travis Kelsey's ankle. Uh, the Vikings have that that slit surface, slit face surface uh, uh, turf that allegedly is going to get replaced next year with more of the natural turf. I don't know what it is or how it works or what's the difference, but the Vikings do have the turf that everybody hates. And then you you say, okay, we're going to replace it at the end of this season. Why not replace it before? Like, did it take every player talking about natural grass and talking about how bad the surface is for them to start to do it? Maybe. But this is not the show to talk about the turf. This is the show to talk about Justin Jefferson. Sam, my thoughts are, like I said, I feel like the mm-hmm. season might be a little bit over. As a player, though, I can't say because if I'm in that locker room, if I'm Jordan Ass, if I'm KJ Osborne, I'm rallying around this team. I'm rallying around my quarterback. Say, hey, man, we got this. Justin, we got you, man, because Justin Jefferson doesn't want the season to go awry just because he's out. But I feel like there might be a little bit of like consternation of like, well, if he's out, maybe we get the four seed or sorry, the fourth pick in the draft and we can get a Drake May. Um, There's no reason to tank for Caleb. One, I don't even know if he's that guy. Like, I really don't. This might be a like, let's try to do what we can do because Shadur Sanders might be the guy next year uh, because athletically he looks like he can move a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Run. Uh, He he has the pedigree. I don't know. I just don't know about this Caleb Williams. Thing. I, I just feel like this is being overhyped and uh, over talked about, you know, just because everybody says he's the number one pick. Is he like Bryce? Bryce Young to me doesn't seem like what we thought he should be. CJ Stroud seems pretty good. Anthony Richardson seemed pretty good. Really yeah. got hurt. Um, Bryce Young was the one everybody hyped up. And I just don't see it. Um, I don't like I really don't. I don't understand what everybody sees. And so like the Jalen Hurts bit. Doubt it. Ah, look at him like that's what i want i want a quarterback that's doubted people don't believe in him when you go after the guy everybody thinks is the guy oftentimes you find a lack in something else and so for the vikings one kirk cousins has a no trade clause so you can't just trade him you got to get him to want to release it and then where is he gonna go like he could say i only want to go to this team and this team i'll remove it if these are the two teams you can trade me to do you want to go play one year with the Jets in hopes to make them better? And then Aaron Rodgers is coming back next year. Probably not, because now you're still under a one-year deal, and then you're really uncertain. Uh, can the Minnesota Vikings sign him and then find a way to sign Justin Jefferson? Because clearly that's the reason why he doesn't want to be there. At the end of the day, Sam, this is just a dark cloud. I wore black because of it. I just don't know what's going to happen next in these for The Bears, the best thing that could happen to the Vikings is they're playing the Bears. Like the good thing is they're not playing the 49ers one week out of Justin Jefferson. At least they get a week to play without Justin Jefferson to get this thing figured out for a week and then play the 49ers. But I don't know, Sam, your thoughts. Yeah, I think my head goes toward Justin Jefferson's future too, because the the other dark cloud around this is that the extension was not finalized. Right. And I don't think it's reason to all out panic. I think there's still plenty of reason to believe it got done after this year. But now the information's changing. The team is not a winner. The quarterback may be out the door. Mm-hmm. And Justin Jefferson just seems unhappy. And I think it's because they're losing. I don't think it means he's upset with the organization, but he's, he doesn't like to lose. And he's going to see potentially his quarterback leave and bring in an unknown. And the rebuild will continue. The offense might not have the potential next year 
that it did this year. And it just, it, it clouds the whole situation with rumors, you know, trade whispers, whether they're true or not, people are going to talk about Justin Jefferson wanting out because when you're that big, people throw stuff out there, whether it's accurate, not accurate. It's just, there's going to be a lot of noise, Ron, about Justin Jefferson. If the Vikings can't turn this around, if this injury lingers, it's going to be a, a messy season with a lot of uncertainty going forward. So this is just another insult to injury um, or you know, literally an injury um, with Justin Jefferson and the Vikings could find themselves out of this thing really fast. I, I do think there's a path run back to relevance. They play mm-hmm. a lot of beatable teams in the middle part of the schedule, but man, I'll, in the daily three, I'm going to ask you whether this division's already over because Detroit looks really, really good. Yeah. The fact that Detroit's four and one, the Packers just lost. The bears are one and four. Vikings are one and four. Um, this is not what we thought it was going to be. We thought the Vikings and the Lions, I did say that. The Vikings and the Lions are going to compete for the NFC North. I thought the Lions could win it. I thought the Vikings could be second and get into the playoffs. I thought the Packers and the Bears would be fighting for the bottom. And, um, yeah, it's not It's not what's going on right now. It's not what's going on. All three teams are fighting for the bottom, and the Lions are just sitting at 4-1 and one like, man, the only thing we don't have to do is lying. Like, as long as we don't lie right now, we're in the playoffs. Like, we just got to win X amount of games probably let's see they're they're four and one i hate to say it sam it feels like mm-hmm. seven six to seven more wins and the lions might clinch like i don't see the vikings packers or bears getting to 10 wins i just don't i don't see them getting to 10 or 11 wins um i feel like 11 to 10 wins is going to be enough for the lions to clinch uh, I feel like the Vikings, Bears, or Packers, whoever can climb out the bottom, which I think I'm leaning towards Packers, Vikings only. I think Bears are kind of – they're going to have their issues. Um, yeah, they they have a chance at nine wins, eight to nine wins. I think – what was the over-under for the Vikings? Was it nine or was it eight and a half? Eight and a half in a lot of places, right at 500. They play the Packers twice still. They can help themselves out when they play the Bears twice, and they also still play the Lions twice. That's how you get better in your division by beating – the Bears. If you lose to the Bears, you are officially the worst team in the NFC North. And then you really can say the season's over. If they lose to the Bears, like there's yeah. no way we can say there's still a chance. Like that to me just seems unlikely. It does. It seems unlikely that they make the playoffs losing five games, especially losing one to the Bears. Like you have at this point, you should have beaten the Pack uh Panthers or sorry, Buccaneers. And you couldn't do that. And I think that's why people were frustrated. It's like the games they were supposed to win, they didn't win. And now their back's up against the wall. And now they're without Justin Jefferson. Just seems like all is lost. But we got the Daily Three coming up. We got Tom Pelissero joining us next on the Hanging Around Johnson segment. We're going to ask him, does he think the Viking season is over? Uh, but before we do that, we have a word from our sponsors. Let me tell you about Jace Medical today, which is giving you peace of mind with their all-new Jace case. Everyone should feel empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones when the unexpected hits because life is uncontrollable, throws you curveballs. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use to give you that peace of mind so you're not just hoping on a whim that you have access to medication in an emergency. You have control. You have those five antibiotics with you that can fight 50 uh, maladies or issues. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. It's very simple. 
They handle the online evaluation to license pharmacy medication delivery and then ongoing consultation and care. So you're never unprepared and you get to work with the best at Jace. Get $20 off these uh, life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Well, now it's time for the Hanging with Ron Johnson segment, and I got Tom Pellicero joining me today on the Ron Johnson Show. Uh, this was supposed to be a fun, lighthearted show. It still will be today. Uh, Tom and I were able to play the initials game uh, for those in Minnesota and have heard KFan Radio. Um, it's just a fun game. Corey Cove created my uh, co-host on Vikings uh, um, fan line on uh, KFan Radio. But Tom and I, you know, we were on the show. We got ran by uh, Eric Norquist, and this was the goal today to have a little fun. So we're going to do that. But then. Some serious news broke for the uh, Minnesota Vikings. So we have to talk about that as well as, as well as around the NFL. So I'm gonna bring Tom Pellicero on from the NFL Network. Uh, Tom, man, man, when we first talked about doing this, this is what's crazy about it. We talked about Taylor Swift. Yeah, that's all you wanted to talk about was Taylor Swift. You had no interest in anything else. That's what no. I thought I was here to do. Nobody cares about football. Everybody cares about Taylor Swift. Apparently, uh, what, yeah. what's going on at US Bank Stadium? Uh, and first, I'll, I'll do that. Were you were you shocked? when Taylor Swift did not show up. <laughs> I can't say, I, you know, I thought like, should I make some calls and just check? And I ultimately decided, no, I don't see Taylor Swift coming to Minneapolis. It's not, I'm not talking about it on TV. So let's, let's let it go. But now it's, it's been an interesting few weeks. I will say that, um, you know, my, I, I will say my nine-year-old asked me again last night about Travis Kelsey and uh, do I think they're really dating and all those things. So you are definitely like capturing a different element of the fan base, but you know, ultimately I think that there's a lot more people who probably care about Travis Kelsey uh, bouncing back from looked like a significant injury on the field, initially taping it up and scoring a touchdown for their fantasy teams than anything that he's doing off the field. Yeah. And that's the same for my 12 year old, like the weirdest thing. I never had a conversation with her about anything like that, about people dating. And then she's like, yeah, why why is Taylor Swift dating some random football player? <laughs> I was like, wait, what? I was like, why he's got great question. Player? That's a great question. <laughs> There's a lot we could talk about with what's real, what's not, what it means when celebrities are dating. Uh, but we'll just we'll kick back and get excited about the Taylor Swift movie coming out and the Vikings trying to figure out how they're going to move forward here without one of the best players in the game. And one more fun one before we get into this. You and I played the initials game. Uh, you won your semis. I won mine. And then uh, the quarterfinals we got actually absolutely uh, ran by uh, Eric Norquist. Uh, I don't even remember the letters, but I just know they weren't easy. Uh, waffle cone. So it was WC. WC yeah. Um, yeah, there's too much with, with W because you were right with the WH sound of whale. Uh, I was thinking water cooler the whole time. I'm like, it's got to be water cooler, water colors. Never came up. Uh, when, when you think about games like that and when you hear it back or you, you everybody tells you how hard or easy they think it, did you expect the game to go the way it did? No, because, you know, you come in, I was 2-0 and in my initials game appearances. <laughs> I had beaten, you know, the first time I ever played, it was, I want to say it was this summer, and I beat Sauce, Hawk, um, like all the, the OGs of the game. And so I was like, I was feeling good, came in. I was not, I was under the weather to say the least the second time I played, but gutted it out, found a way to win. And just, I always come in, my strategy on that game is come in with a blank mind. Like don't have too many different, okay, there's this and there's that. And I'm going to try to work this in. Just come in completely open and just see what comes in your mind. And the problem was on that day in the semifinal, my mind just stayed blank. 
it's not even like Nordo was like, you know, one clue snapping an answer. Right, like exactly. there were we're getting to like the fifth and sixth clue, and I'm just sitting there going, I have no idea what we're talking about. Like, I don't, I, I have no idea. Um, so yeah, I, I look forward to coming back. I saw that you and I are both, I think, in the top 20 scorers of all time. Yeah, I don't I know. How we I've only that. played three times, Ron. So I, I like my chances for continuing to build on this as we move forward. Yeah, I think same. I think I, I think that was my fifth time playing. Uh, that was my first win. Uh, the first time I go, I went to overtime with AJ the first time I played. And of course, same thing. I, I my mind just went blank and I could not figure out the overtime clue. So I was that close to winning against the OGs. Uh, but I did beat sauce. So that was, that was, that was kind of good. Cause the first year I didn't have any to- like quote unquote top guns in my group. And I still lost. I think it was like Tyler George won. Um, and then this year, finally, you know, having sauce in there, uh, it was fun, but Getting to some serious football talk. I mean, there's a ton of injuries going around the NFL. I saw uh, Devin A. Chain. He's going to be out for a substantial amount of time. But Vikings fans really care about Justin Jefferson. And it was so funny. Like, the questions I had for you before this came out, because I'm going to be over there, the Vikings, every Tuesday. I shoot content for Vikings on Vikings.com. So um, I'm privy to information, but I'm not allowed to talk about it, which I my goal is not to be – a newsbreaker. My job is to analyze football and, and let the people like yourself and Adam Schefter uh, tell us what we kind of know, but we weren't hoping to hear. And, and now we've heard it. Uh, I got the questions this week from the Vikings, and I will say it threw me for a loop. And I was like, wait a minute, what? And so I don't, you know, I, I've learned my lesson. I, I made a mistake like two years ago. I don't know if you ever heard this story, Tom, real quick story before we jump into this. Um, I get to be in the draft area for the draft because I do the content for Vikings and it had to be like one in the morning and you know how you get draft night, one in the morning, you're loopy, you're tired. You're not really thinking straight. I had no clue, absolutely no clue that what I was seeing and hearing from the coaches, the world couldn't hear. I'm thinking like, this is ESPN's like live feed or something. And so the Vikings get a call. I'm not going to even bring the story back up because I don't want to rehash this because I got in trouble. But a team call, a team calls the Minnesota Vikings to make a trade. And so I just tweeted out like, oh, man, it's crazy. I can't believe the Vikings didn't want to make that trade, blah, blah. In my mind, I'm thinking everybody knew. And then I get a text from the Vikings at like 2 in the morning. Yo, you got to delete that. That's not public. Not. I was like, oh, shoot. So I delete, <laughs> deleted the tweet. Thank God that like it was like two in the morning. It, enough people saw it, but people didn't really get it. Didn't get any steam like Schefter didn't see it. You didn't see it. So that was good. Um, and so I've learned my lesson now. So now when I get emails from the Vikings, mum's the word. I don't say anything. You know, when they tell me stuff, I stay out of it. I let you guys drop the news. Um, but I did. I did kind of have an idea uh, about Justin Jefferson, because when I first saw him go out and then we got the questions for this week's show, I'm like, Man, and then last week I picked Justin Jefferson for the show we do, and fans are wondering, like, there were some questions thrown out there and so on and so forth, and so I'm starting to kind of figure this out. And so when I saw that, your, more, this, your tweet this morning about Justin Jefferson being out, in my mind, my, st- my question is still here, man, because even with without just, do you think the season is over for the Minnesota Vikings? No, I don't think the season's over. I think that they've got a newly unique set of challenges ahead of them now. Uh, with Justin Jefferson, the plan is to put him on injured reserve. That means mm-hmm. he's out at least four games. 
They don't know the precise timetable yet. It's going to depend how does the hamstring heal Mm -hmm. and how does his body respond to the rehab process. So, uh, you know, the Vikings, they're one in four. But when you look at them statistically, they are one of the most productive offenses in the NFL when they hold on to the football. And they have been fumbling and specifically losing fumbles at a historic rate. Uh, If you look at what they did just in the first three games, I want to say they lost six fumbles in those games. That was the most in 20 years. And they lost another one on the first drive in week four. They lost another one on the first drive in week five. And there's guys, you know, like TJ Hawkinson, who, you know, hasn't played well at a at a drop that could have been a big play in that last game. Uh, the running game just hasn't really been you know as explosive as you would you would like it to be so far this season. But again, I mean, Kirk Cousins, Just Jefferson have been on a historic pace here. Now you take out one of the NFL's most dynamic weapons for at least the next four games. Mm-hmm. This is a critical stretch of the season. I mean, you're at Chicago this week. That's the first NFC North game. So mm-hmm. to the extent that they still have a chance to come back in the division, it starts with, hey, you haven't played any division games yet. You got six of them. You got a chance to make a run here uh, through some of those games, but then you got to come home and host the 49ers. Then yep. you go to Green Bay. Then you go to Atlanta. I mean, that's a pretty tricky type of a stretch. Three road games. And again, that's the minimum that Justin Jefferson is going to be out here. Uh, you know, the trade deadline, let's let's be honest here. The trade deadline's a few weeks away. I would anticipate the Vikings, depending on how these next couple of games go, are going to get calls about some players on the roster. They're going to mm-hmm. have to decide, you know, do we feel like we've still got a chance to come back and Justin's going to be able to make it back and be productive or do we need to amass some assets, um, you know, to put ourselves in a better position in 2024? I don't think that Kevin O'Connell or the coaching staff are thinking about anything other than we've still got a chance to be really good here. The defense seems like they continue to improve. You'd like to make one more play, like make that one big play at the end of the game like they did in Carolina yep. uh, a little bit more. But, you know, these are the these are the challenging types of situations that organizations end up in, you know, and it's not totally unique to the Vikings here, all of which is a longer way of saying, Ron, no, I don't think the season's over by any stretch for the Vikings. I think that you've seen, I mean, if you just lose one fewer fumble per game, you quite possibly are four and one, not one and four, because all these games have been close here. It does not get any easier without Justin Jefferson. It's going to change the way that opposing defenses can play them. We know that Jordan Addison, we've seen it. Jordan Addison can be an absolute stud. We've mm-hmm. seen it with K.J. Osborne. We know he can make plays. You need more from T.J. Hawkinson. You may need to get Cam Akers going even more than he is right now. You know, Alexander Madison, you just, you'd just you like to think the fumbles and the drops, you can cut some of that stuff out because I know how much they like Alexander Madison. But you've got it. You've got hope. You've got a chance here. There's no doubt about it. I don't know. I know the Lions are 4-1, but I don't know that anybody is flat running away with the division here. So you keep fighting and, you know, if and when you come to those crossroads and you might have a trade offer and you're trying to figure something out, you evaluate those things on a case by case basis. But I I would tell you the full focus going into Chicago is go and beat the bears. In in an upper, uh, you know, level management area. When you look at the Minnesota Vikings, have talked about Justin Jefferson's offseason contract talks. Has talked about recent contract talks. And uh, at the end of the day, it sounds like quarterback is the answer. Like Justin Jefferson wants to make sure he has a QB. And not to say like a Drake May right now wouldn't be an option for him. Uh, Bo Nix, I think no. JJ McCarthy, I got to watch him against the Gophers as well as Quasey did. Um, even though they won fifty-two to ten, I'm not too sure that JJ McCarthy is the guy. His accuracy is is a question. Where Kirk Cousins is one of the most accurate quarterbacks. Uh, Kyler Murray to me doesn't seem like the answer. Russell Wilson doesn't seem like the. Even though I would like to have Sierra in town. Um, 
which is is amazing to me too. We could talk about that one day. Like, how come Sierra doesn't get the coverage that Taylor Swift got? I mean, I know Taylor Swift has the world of Swifties, but Sierra is as well a, a Grammy nominated, award winning singer. Uh, and she's actually married into the NFL where Taylor Swift is trying to be the girlfriend of the NFL, but that's a totally different subject. Um, but when you, when you look at that conversation of quarterback, can the Vikings honestly trade Kirk cousins or not offer him a chance to maybe have one or two more years with a rookie behind him and think that Justin Jefferson is going to sign for 180 million and sit with maybe no quarterback for two or three years. Well, I think that's, that's a really good point, Ron. It's something that people are not thinking about enough here which is whatever you think of Kirk Cousins he's been unbelievably productive with Justin Jefferson and Jefferson mm-hmm. has caught a million balls with Kirk Cousins throwing it to him I mean I know that they've got a good relationship on and off the field you know they're just they're two guys who are you know Kirk's at a totally different stage in his career than Justin is mm-hmm. but if you got a quarterback who's going to get you the ball and make sure that you're having 180 yards down you know week in week out you like that Right. Uh, also, I mean, trading Kirk Cousins is so much more complicated. I'm sure I'm going to flip on the TV when I get on the Peloton later and see a bunch of Jefferson's out. Should the Vikings trade Kirk Cousins now? Yep. It's also way more complicated than that. Just start with the sheer logistics of the fact that Kirk Cousins has a no trade clause. Right. Why would Kirk Cousins waive that no trade clause when he's got unrestricted free agency Looming in March, he knows what he has here. Now, he doesn't have Justin Jefferson for the next four games, at least. But he knows this offense. He's playing at a high level here. You get yourself traded to, let's just throw out the Jets, for instance, because everybody has talked about that. Number one, how are the Jets paying him? How are they paying off the draft picks when they've already right. traded him for Rodgers? How are they even making that happen? But if you're if you're Cousins, yeah, maybe you got a shot to go make a playoff run with a talented team. But you also have the unknown. They run a totally different offense than what the Vikings run. It's not like you're you're taking a you're trading for a running back and Cam Akers, you know, ten days later can be out there. He knew the system. But point being, running back's pretty simple. You trade for a wide receiver even in the season. It's hard to get that guy totally up to speed and have the rhythm and timing and tempo. Much less trading for a quarterback. Why would Kirk? allow that to happen. And I'm not saying anything's impossible. We've seen a lot of crazy things happen in this league, Ron. It just, it doesn't make a lot of logical sense from Kirk Cousins perspective to accept the trade, regardless of where it is, except for the possible exception of San Francisco, except the 49ers right now have an MVP candidate and Brock Purdy, who's cheap dealing the football all over the field. Um, And also I think that the other piece of this, and you, you referenced it is there's no saying this won't still be Kirk Cousins' team in 2024 and beyond. You know, they they did have contract discussions last offseason. They were not going to do another, you know, on either side. It didn't make sense to do a one-year extension again, which is what they had done the previous year. It was either going to be you do a long-term deal or you let Cousins go out into free agency come March or at least get close to it. Find out what is the market someplace else and then see if mm-hmm. we can do a fair deal. Um, there's also, you know, the possibility, absolutely, that the Vikings could be looking to draft a quarterback. I know they're one in four right now. I don't see this as a two and 15 team. I don't see this as a team that's going to end up with the number one pick, barring, again, a mass fire sale, which there's still three weeks to the trade deadline. I don't think that's coming, but you have to see exactly how these things play out here. They may not be in a position to draft Caleb Williams or Drake May. Is mm-hmm. there another quarterback? I know I've talked to scouts, I've talked to agents who say, they think that there's a handful of these guys that could be pretty good NFL quarterbacks. History would suggest there's really only one of these guys, maybe two in a draft class who ends up being a top flight quarterback. But point being, you don't necessarily need to be drafting right up at the top to get that guy. These are all the different moving parts 
right now. Again, shutting down Justin Jefferson was not a decision of, hey, let's tank, let's trade everybody, let's give up on the season. It was suffered a pretty significant hamstring strain. You could see that uh, on the field. Uh, They felt like it was in the best interest of the team and Justin Jefferson to sit him down, make sure that hamstring gets healed. He'll have four weeks to do that. Then they hope, they don't know, but they hope he'll be back out there for the second half of the season. Yeah, with soft tissue injuries, you just never know. I had a hamstring once, and uh, I was able to come back, I think, in three weeks, but the problem was like I had to wear a sleeve. I had to do a lot of stuff every day to get warmed up. Um, and I've talked to guys that have had other injuries and Ryan Clark and some other guys recently, we spoke about injuries and it's the mental side of it too. Like there's a mental side to rehabbing and working out and being there every day, doing every possible thing to just be 80% ready to go in an 80% Justin Jefferson is probably better than 90% of the league. Uh, when you talk about receiving production and I think that's where the Vikings are at, how, much of it is, can we get Justin on the field enough to still make some plays, but then also use him as a decoy? Uh, can we get TJ Hawkinson up to speed? Talking about TJ Hawkinson, he does not look like the same guy that wanted to set reset the market. He looks like a tight end that in his time off, he might have truly, which he didn't, have a back injury. Like That's what I feel like is this is a guy who could have practiced through this contract could have been out there. And I get both sides like, well, we don't want to get you hurt. And if you get hurt or we might trade you or whatever. And I get it. It's business. I don't want to be out here because I, I want money. And if I can't get money, I'm going to go somewhere else. And this is a business. We have to remember that. But this business looks affected right now in TJ Hawkinson because every time I watch the clips or the all 22 or I'm watching film and close-ups, he's missing granted. And I'm not going to even call them tough because they're not tough catches. I hate when I say, when people say that it hit his hands. And as a receiver, I've been taught if it touches my hands, I need to come down with that ball. What is going on with TJ Hawkinson right now? Because it feels like he comes out of his break sometimes and he's not running full speed. Or he comes out and he thinks like Kirk's going to put it on me and Kirk leads him because he's trying to lead him away from a de- defender. It, he just doesn't look comfortable right now out there on the field. What, like, How long is it going to take? Is Justin Jefferson's injury maybe going to fast forward the TJ Hawkinson production time? Well, it's going to have to. They're going to have to get more out of TJ Hawkinson. And, Ron, you know a lot more about the nuances of being a receiver, which essentially is what TJ Hawkinson is. He's not blocking a whole lot in there uh, than I ever will. But you can see it. I mean, there was a ball, and I I don't remember the precise situation, but it was like a crossing route. It was toward the left sideline. Kirk puts it on his fingertips. And we saw TJ Hawkinson make it. Oh, it hit his palm. Those hit palms. I mean, okay. I it hit palms. I watched it. I just watched it again this morning. I was up hand. at uh, 6 a.m. It hit palms. It's in the hands. <laughs> you got to make that play. It's a. It's an explosive, and it bounces off his hands. And that just yeah. wasn't happening last year. I, I do think that there's something to be said for what you referenced, which is he didn't practice. He didn't practice for like six weeks. Right. And they got the contract done, and he looks like a guy right now going through the process in camp and in the preseason of just getting himself up to speed. They're going to need more from him and Addison, and Osborne. Um, Brandon Powell's made some plays for them. Uh, they're going to need the collective to rise up because when you lose your go-to guy, and you know this, Ron, when you take the go-to guy off the field, it really changes the dynamics on everybody else because to some extent, those players can always look of, hey, George, Justin's going to bail us out. Mm-hmm. Now he's not. Yep. Now he's not out there. And so other guys are going to have to step up, make those big plays and big moments. I know KJ is up to it in terms of just the way that he uh, takes care of himself mentally and physically. He'll be ready. Jordan Addison, I don't know as well, but you watch him. And he's doing a lot of the things we saw Adam Thielen do in the past. I think Osborne's the one that you're going to see probably getting even more 
uh, out of the gate here, just because, you know, when, when you added Jordan Addison, he's the one who got you know bumped a little bit in terms of his role. Now he's going to have to step up. You know that he knows Justin's position. I would anticipate you see more from him uh, as we move forward here. And don't be surprised if we have a KJ Osborne breakout game coming soon. Yeah, and you look at the Rams. I mean, Puka Nakua, uh, Cooper Cup, they're finding ways to get the ball. That offense is moving on all cylinders, especially now that Cooper Cup's back. Um, he has a nerve issue, which it seems even more uh, risky because you just never know we can aggravate a nerve. Uh, but he's back. And when you see how open he gets, when you see Puka Nakua in that role when he's out and, and what that offense looks like, what is it about the Rams and the 49ers offense um, that whether it's the offensive line and I'm not going to lead lead a horse to water, but do you think that the Vikings can be sustainable long term uh, until they fix maybe some of the small pieces or issues with this offensive line? Well, I think that you have consistency when you have consistency along the offensive line that goes a long way. And the Vikings have not had that this season. You had the Derisaw absence. Yep. You had Bradbury, who's you know missed a, a significant chunk of time here. Um, they, they've been banged up at other positions. Yeah, I mean, could Ed Ingram play better? Sure. Um, they signed Dalton Reisner. You know, is he going to play a, a larger role? Is he going to play better as the season goes on? You know, that's something to monitor as well. I don't think that they're bad by any stretch along no. the offensive line. You just, you know, look at the Cowboys when they've had guys shuffling in and out and how that's challenged them. Look at the Giants and how they can't even function. I give the Vikings, uh, you know, coaching staff credit for the fact that they're at least functional right now along the line. Yeah, you don't want Kirk to get hit like he did, especially in week one. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not been a, you know, a complete death sentence for the quarterback Correct. back there so far this season. If they're healthy, if Garrett Bradbury can stay on the field, you know, Derrissaw is a really good player. I, I don't think that it's a, you know, they haven't invested enough in that, in that line. I think that it's, yeah, again, those young guys, especially um, Ingram need to play better on the interior here, but they've got all the makings of being a good group. They just got to stay on the field. And what do you think it's going to take to get Derrissaw or uh, sorry, Reisner on the field? You sign them. Everybody's excited about them. Uh, and then you don't see him for, for since he's been here, besides, I mean, I follow his girlfriend or wife, sorry, on Instagram. Cause she's hilarious. And uh, she's talked about like, oh, I saw him out there on, on, on field goal. It was good to see him on the field. Like, what is it going to take to get him on the field? Well, I think part of it's just getting them up to speed on scheme and everything else because there are a lot of checks and things that they do at the line of scrimmage. Also, you know, Reisner, there's some guys who are really strong in both pass and run blocking. That's not necessarily Reisner. So you're mm -hmm. a little bit trying to feel him out too uh, for what the things he's going to be are that are best um, in this system. Um, we can see him any time here. I think that it's a you know a situation where you didn't give him a one year deal up to four million for him to just sit on the bench. I would expect right. that you're going to see him in the in the game on a more substantial level soon. And somebody made a comment to me on the uh, post game show uh, with myself and Eric Norquist, and I I I am from the 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 pedigree of punishment for play problems. And when I say play problems, I'm not talking about dropping balls, but I'm talking about like procedural stuff, jumping off sides. Um, like stuff like not being on the field when you're supposed to be on the field, not realizing your own kickoff, not realizing your own punt protection, uh, having or else having to burn a timeout timeout because you don't know you're supposed to be on the field for defense, fumbling the ball, um, things like that. I mean, of course, and I had different coaches, Lovey Smith, Brian Billick. Um, I had Glenn Mason at Minnesota. So it was a different time then where Ray Lewis was a part of the punishment, like as a captain. Like, hey man, we're all gonna get out here. If this guy can't get it figured out, jumps offside, we're all running, we're all gonna get on the line. Run. People are like, Kevin O'Connell's a player's coach. I don't see him punishing the players. Do you think there's something to that of accountability where these guys, not to say everybody knows they don't want to fumble the ball. We know that. But 
does it feel a little bit like because they said before it was a fear-based organization with Zimmer. Now it seems like uh, I know I can make a bunch of mistakes and I'm not going to get cursed out. Like, is there a healthy medium in there somewhere? I think that there is. I think that they try to strike that balance. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, Kevin O'Connell was out there wielding that, you know, the padded stick and poking at guys <laughs> himself in practice, just trying to emphasize it. And then what happens? First drive, yep. DJ Hawkinson fumble. This past week, it's uh, another fumble on the opening drive. I mean, these are just the things that continue to happen here. I mean, at some point, Ron, you you played the game. If coaches just keep yelling at you, hold on to the ball, like right. – that, that's not really coaching. That's just like players no, at some true. point, it has to be on themselves. Like you need to do what you're being taught to do here. Uh, you know, it's tough because they are, they're one of the most productive offenses in the NFL when they hold on to the football, but turns out holding on to the football is a pretty important part. At some point, the players themselves have to figure that out or it's going to be the same thing over and over. Yeah. And last one before we get out of here, Bears, Vikings coming up. Uh, and then, of course, the Vikings have the uh, 49ers on Monday night to follow. So so two crucial games. I said they had to get one out of two of the Chiefs. So now, or sorry, Chiefs 49ers. Now it looks like the 49ers are the one. I think they can still beat the Packers and the Falcons, even though B. John Robinson's ridiculous. Jordan Love last night actually looked pretty good besides the late pass uh, where the 5'8 cornerback was able to outplay Christian Watson for the ball. I blame Christian Watson a little bit for not trying to come back over the top, but that's a different question or different uh, scenario. But when you look at this Bears game and Justin Fields, it seemed like maybe figured it out a little bit. Chase Claypool's out. Maybe the organization as a whole within the locker room is a little bit better because they don't have a negative Nancy in the locker room anymore. He's gone to the Dolphins. Um, do you think that this is going to be one of those games where Kirk Cousins either have to put up or shut up or are fans going to give them – Kind of, is this like four weeks of like, well, they don't have Justin Jefferson, so I get it? No, I mean, I think that these games are really important. This is, again, the first NFC North game that they've played this season. So if you want to start making up ground in the division, you want to give yourself a chance, it's got to start now against the Bears team that's also 1-4 and four and has its mm -hmm. challenges. I mean, somebody's going to walk off that field on Sunday feeling like, hey, we're back in it, we got a shot, and the other team's going to feel like we're buried. I think that right. Soldier Field is going to be – an excited type of an environment because they did get that win and because they've seen Justin Fields play better the last couple of weeks. I mean, think back to what they were dealing with Ron in the early couple of weeks of the season here, you had the Allen Williams situation where he ends up not being back as the defensive coordinator. You have the uh, Justin Fields comments that do get taken out of context and it becomes this Justin Fields versus the coaches thing, which is not the way that he intended it. Even if sure. that's how it came out, you can't say that it still got made into something that should not have been. And then you had Chase Claypool, who was also complaining. So you had three different energy-taking types of things that were all going on. And it probably shouldn't have surprised anybody that they looked like a lifeless team because how do you just have the emotional capacity to stay on track when you're going through that? Um, so the last couple of weeks, they've played freer. They let that game get away against Denver, and they're going to be kicking themselves about it if they get down the stretch and they're still in the thing. Um, but you saw them put it all together against Washington and completely – you know, took a Washington team that was supposed to have all this positivity with the new ownership and a young team playing well and absolutely ran them off the field. Yeah. Um, you know, is that the real Bears? We'll find out. With Justin Fields, we know he can do it. We know that he can flash and he can make some plays. And at times he can look really good. He's also capable of looking really bad at times. It's going to be about consistency for Justin Fields in his entire career, but also this season with the Bears. Can he be consistent enough that every week, not just the weeks he's on, but every week they've got a chance to win? Brian Flores is going to throw a lot at him this week. I guarantee you that.
Well, I'm Ron Johnson. That's Tom Pelissero. You can follow him on X. Just search Tom Pelissero. Make sure you stick with him because uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff, I'm pretty sure, coming up with the Minnesota Vikings in the next three to four weeks. So I know Tom's going to be on top of it. And, of course, like he said, the trade deadline is coming up where every Vikings fan is going to be sitting watching to see is Kirk Cousins going to be on the block or is he going to still be a Minnesota Viking when this Hard, is all said and done? hard you never hard know what we'll do you never know that. you hard, never know yeah. but we'll see these next four weeks if he can pull it out without justin jefferson and become a hero and jordan addison i think i know you said kj osborne i think espn jordan is going to be the guy i think he's going to take on that justin jefferson role a little bit with the deep threats uh kj osborne i think is going to take over the the slot uh and then of course we're going to see brandon powell who i liked last weekend he looked flashy he looked quicky twitchy um, so I think they're going to find more ways to get him the ball as well. Uh, but again, I'm Ron Johnson's Tom Palacero. This was the Hanging Ron Johnson segment coming up next. We got the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. And we'll be back after this. Well, Sam, I enjoyed Tom Palacero. That was a fun one, Sam. And I mean, like you said, season's not over. That's his thought. I mean, I just think if they lose to the Bears, season over. But he's saying that they can beat the Bears. Who knows what happens with the 49ers? Maybe they, maybe they do it for, for JJ. Maybe this is a... Uh, uh, what was that? Uh, Rudy situation. Win one for Rudy. Win one for JJ against the 49ers in front of the national stage on Monday Night Football. Uh, primetime Kirk is going to be in question, and I think that's what everybody wants to see. But before we jump into the daily three, that's three questions. We're going to take about 30 seconds each today. Uh, we got to let you guys know the twins, the twins have a chance, people. The twins have a chance. It is not over. Sam pointed out to me that the top teams are going down. Teams that are the top are in jeopardy. And the Twins might be able to do that to the Astros with two games in Minnesota. It's going to be decent weather. But the Twins are going to face the Houston Astros at 3 p.m. today. Catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast on the SXM app. We are a proud partner with SiriusXM. So just make sure you download the SXM app. Just search Twins once you're in the app. But also to get the app, just go on your app market. No matter what phone, what, what Android, iPhone, whatever you have. BlackBerry, I don't even know those are still out. But whatever you have, just search SXM in your uh or sorry your uh your uh apps and then once you download the app make sure you search twins and you'll get every pitch of the hometown broadcast i've done it i love it it's super easy and when i'm at the gym i can listen to whatever shows i like because i have it in my car and now i can take it with me on the go love sirius xm listen to it all the time but now it's time for the daily three sam take it away All right, Ron, Gophers talk to begin the daily three 52-10 loss. We're not going to talk too much about that against Michigan, but they do have a bye week now. Um, after Ethan Kaliak-Manis' struggles, Ron, against Michigan mm-hmm. and kind of throughout the season, do you think the Gophers stick with him going forward out of the bye week? Yeah, they have to. I mean, the Cole Kramer, to me, doesn't seem like a guy that's going to come in and be able to lead the team. We saw Cole Kramer come in against North Carolina, and he YOLO'd the bit. He just went absolutely Jameis Winston on it. And just we saw Jason Winston do that with the Saints came when he came in for his one little series and said, screw this, against the Buccaneers, I'm going for it. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be in this game. I'm going to go for it. That's what it felt like Cole Kramer did against North Carolina. And you see, he didn't. He hasn't played much since, to be honest. If you think about that, they haven't done Wildcat or had him come in for any significant time. Um, so I just don't feel like they have another option other than Nathan Kelly Manis. I think he's young, too. We have to remember that. He's not Tanner Morgan. I think he could turn it around. Uh, but there are some 2024 kids that they've loved at quarterback. I mean, I don't know if they're going to have a guy come in next year as a true freshman and play. Uh, but there were 17 
players that exited the program last year, some, not some, two or three doing well at their other colleges, Kansas, Texas, so on and so forth, starting there. And then you got some that haven't touched the field. So transferring is not always the right answer. Compete where you're at. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? Is there anything you think that could be done differently or a different quarterback? Yeah, I, th- I, I don't know. I think you, you got to, if you believe in Ethan, I think you got to give him the season to, to offer the opportunity for him to be the quarterback next year as well. Right. right. Like if he can end the season strong, maybe you go into 2024 with a little hope that he can still be that guy. Mm-hmm. And then if not, if it doesn't go well, then well, then you learn that you need to find somebody in the portal for 2024. So at least you have the information. So you might just have to play it out, take your lumps and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, twins, Ron, game three today mm-hmm. at three o'clock, game four tomorrow. If the twins win both. They go to the ALCS. Can they get it done by winning two at home, Ron? I think so. When you look at how they played, um, they they played well. I mean, honestly, they played well. The bats were alive. Players were making plays. Um, Correa was was hot. Um, I, I, even the bunt, you know, like I love the small ball aspect of it, putting the pitcher in a bind to see, can you get the lead runner? He couldn't do it. He almost missed. I think it was Jose Polanco. Was that at the play? Uh, yeah, the Jorge Polanco. Yep. Uh, Jorge Polanco. It's so funny, too, to even hear the broadcast. AJ Brzezinski, I think, was the guy's name, or Brzezinski. Is that the guy's name? AJ Brzezinski. Yeah, former and twin. people, yeah, people were like saying he doesn't know what he's talking about because he's like, there's no way Polanco bunts here. I don't know what the fielders are doing. Why are they coming up? There's no way. Coach, coach wants him to drive in two more runs and then he bunts. And then he's like, Well, that's a bunt for a hit. No, you just you didn't know what the moment was gonna happen, and you tried to Tony Romo this thing, and you got it wrong too. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think the twins can pull it off when you look at, uh, Rocco Baldelli is doing some good things. And again, softball, baseball, I, I put them in the same category because it's all about who comes to play and momentum. And right now I think the twins have the momentum, uh, and, and the, the Astros coming, being on the road for two games are going to feel that pressure. If the twins can get the one and they're up two to one, knowing that the game four is a possible win, stay home champagne scenario. I think that makes the Astros really tight and their players try too hard. So I think the Twins can't get it done. I think the Twins have a big pitching advantage today as well. Great chance to take a 2-1 lead. Uh, last one, Ron. Is anyone catching the 4-1 Detroit Lions? I mean, we touched on this. The Lions are in great position, but it looks like they are head and shoulders the best team in this division through five weeks. Uh, nobody's catching lions. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to I'm not gonna even waste time, Sam. The Lions are good. The other teams right now are not. Uh, and the Lions, the only team that can catch the Lions are the Lions. Like they're, they're the only team that can hold themselves back. And Dan Campbell clearly has a good message to this team because they're playing for him and they're doing well. So, no, I don't think anybody catches them. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I don't think so either. Look, look at the way they played Carolina compared right. to the way the Vikings played Carolina. You know, they exactly. played the Chiefs better than the Vikings played the Chiefs. It, it's it's looking like a Detroit Lions victory parade um, for like the rest of the season. Because they're going to have such a big lead, they can coast potentially. But crazy things happen. I don't want to. I don't want to say it's over, but it's eighty percent over. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's good. They, they have a, a huge uphill battle. And again, the Lions are the only ones that can hurt the Lions right now. But I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Ekstrom. This has been Locked On Sports Minnesota's Ron Johnson Show. Uh, remember, if you want endless Vikings talk, make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. You just need an email address. Go on YouTube. You hit, you hit subscribe. Uh, you can get all of our videos, all of our shows, instant podcasts after every game, and the Vikings press conferences delivering all the biggest news. Like our videos and leave your thoughts in the comment section. Please make sure to Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you follow Locked On Sports Minnesota to get the additional videos. Interact with us. Comment as well. We interact on there. And I'm 3 Ron Johnson on Instagram and Twitter as well. Again, people, that was me, Tom Pelissero, Sam Ekstrom. 
Have a great day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.